It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle belling and everyone Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 39, I yes, think, sir. of Empty Betters. <laughs> I'm your host, Harrison Scholes, and I'm going to toss it over here across the screen to my co-host, Nick Manella. What's going on, everyone? How are we doing today? It's just a beautiful day here. I am living the dream. I am uh, in Holden Beach, North Carolina. It is just so nice to continue to do these episodes from the beach as I continue to get golden, bronze, tan, and absolutely control-alt-delete beers all day long. This is what I live for. This is the best thing ever. And I'm just fired up to be here right now as the playoffs are about to start. We are also missing Mac today. Um, so no Mac today, but you know the party goes on. So we're just going to get right to it because we got a lot to cover. Um, so to start off with the news around the league, uh, we are now heading into round one officially of the NHL playoffs as we are now past the qualifier round. And the NHL has successfully completed or has no zero positive COVID-19 tests in their bubble as of right now. So it seems like the bubble method is working. Uh, same thing for the NBA. So all good things. Any yeah. thoughts, Nick? No, I, I'm just so happy that we have no tests positive because I think this is the thing that we've seen with baseball where they've really kind of shit the bed. Uh, like, obviously, like we had the entire Marlins team and the city of Miami basically break out with the COVID virus. So having the NHL do this right and do it in a bubble, which I know both of us at the beginning were sort of skeptical about, I think this is huge. And having them basically show other sports out there that they can do it without having positive tests uh is just like a giant step forward yeah absolutely and then uh one thing over the weekend that we thought was worth sharing and i'll let the king of the live bet take this part over uh nick had a pretty juicy live bet strike for him over the weekend once again nick is the king of the live bets for those who aren't aware i'll let nick take it from here so, I mean, you you said it, and I, I think we've said this a couple times on our earlier episodes back before, you know, we went into this, like, dark age, four-month period of losing hockey, but uh, I do love my live bets. I think they're some of the best action that you're going to get out there, and it's always exciting to put money on stuff that's happening in real time where you don't have to really wait around to see what's going to happen. So I took the jackets when they were down three to one against the Leafs I believe that was game three and uh then you know obviously they came back Dubois has the hat trick finishes off in overtime and I got them at a plus 1225 and I threw 10 on it so that's a solid 122 dollars and 50 cents right there for you keep the change so that was a pretty good day for me love it love it um so yeah, as we mentioned, that was uh, one of our highlights over the weekend. And then obviously the big news today, which is arguably the biggest news on this episode, despite all the playoff action going on, is the New York Rangers have officially won the 2020 draft lottery and won the Alexis Lafreniere sweepstakes. So congrats to Rangers fans. Not actually, we kind of hate all of you. Um, you know, it just seems kind of fitting that... Uh, Right, the big market team. The only way this would have been more proper is if Montreal. We'll get to that in a second. You know, somehow won the sweepstake. <laughs> but of course, it's the Rangers, right? Of course. I mean, we're like I think our 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 buddy, the Rangers fan, who is listening to this, is you know probably 
bouncing off the walls, uh, you know, flipping out right now. But, I mean, let's just be real. Do you even think this guy's going to be a good pro? Oh, not at all. Now he's in New York. His career's toast. Right, exactly. I mean, we saw how excited Capo Caco was to be in New York. It literally looked like he was in Taken 2, and they were holding him <laughs> fucking hostage. So, I mean... <laughs> No, I mean, honestly, I, I will say this, though. Having a premier player in that market is great for the league. As, you know, as, as pissed off as I'm sure every East Coast or Metropolitan Division hockey fan was, um, it, it's probably just one of the better things for the league. So, whatever. Um, it is what it is. And uh, speaking of New York, I think we should uh, intro our special guest for this episode. Uh, we are pleased to be joined by uh one of our i think i would say probably listener number one up there been there for a while come to all the events and everything mr uh dean peluso welcome to the empty betters podcast thank you sir i'm glad you said it. i didn't want to have to toot my own horn there so i'm glad you did it for me but yeah me and nick are spending the week down in uh, holden beach beautiful weather beautiful day drinking weather i might add and we're just living the dream down here. Yeah, it's absolutely just the two of us in this house alone. No one else is here, so uh, uh, this is great. Um, moving on, uh, what else do we have to talk about? Uh, you know, we obviously just recently finished the qualifying rounds, so a ton of shit happened. I think a lot of what we didn't really expect was going to happen did, and vice versa. So uh, I, I was going to throw it around the horn and see what everyone thought their biggest surprise and disappointment of the qualifying round was. We're obviously going to save the best for last here, but uh, let's start with Dean. Uh, new guy goes first. So what was your biggest surprise of the qualifying round? I think my biggest surprise was how the underdog team seemed to do better in this format, whether it's, you know, we've heard about the ice conditions I think the teams that are more experienced, even if they're underdogs, are just better off in this format. Um, we saw it with, like, I was surprised to see Toronto go down to Columbus. Um, and then I, I just think it's the way this format is, it bodes well for the teams that are, may not be more experienced, but this is a perfect time for them to get their feet wet in, in the playoff format. Spot on. I um in terms of myself as far as surprises I would have to say I was most surprised with uh I I I really can't disagree with that one like I feel like that's exactly like what I was going to say so um going off of what Dean said it's just you know watching these teams who basically stole series like we talked about this at the beginning um when we were previewing this whole you know playoff format um the shortened series just threw a whole wrench into everything and you had teams like winnipeg who we thought that we were like primed because they had been like good all season to make a somewhat okay-ish playoff run certainly make it onto the round of 16 and just you know fall short and obviously there were some injuries there but um i would have to agree with dean as well uh harry what was your biggest surprise really really we're going that gonna tee it up like that blow blow Anyways, all right. Can I take the floor here? Because I got a lot to say. Yeah, I, got, I, got a lot I, I know your biggest surprise is also going to be your biggest disappointment. So go ahead. All right. So before I start, um, it was a rough weekend all around. Not 
there was a lot of coping mechanisms that probably weren't the best to choose from as a result of that Penguins loss. Um, game four, the Maple Leafs were up, what, 3 nothing? Uh, no, Columbus was up 3 nothing, And the Maple Leafs came back that game. And I had a parlay that would have won me 130 bucks. Everything hit except for that one fucking bet. Because somehow, like, on top of the Penguins losing the day before, you just have to blame the shit that Toronto has to push it to game five only to shit their own bed, which I also bet on. So it was a great weekend. Just kidding. It was the worst weekend of my life. So the Penguins. Ooh. Ooh. All right. So everyone knows the Penguins lost in four to the Montreal Canadiens. Um, the game four effort that I saw in my... I'm trying to think. I, the, in the time I've really been watching, in my 16 years of watching this team, was the worst, most pathetic effort I have ever seen in my life. Horrible. I mean, just absolute rollover, dig the grave, see you later. Like, just a, abysmal effort. Mark Recchi's hair plugs are about as useful as his coaching. So I'll start with that. Absolutely putrid. I mean, Jesus Christ. The power play... Is so bad, so bad. I mean, I, I literally could have taken like a Baltimore Stars Pee Wee Rec team and probably had a little <laughs> more success than Jason Zucker did in front of them at the first two games. I mean, it, I don't really understand how it takes that long to figure it out. Matt Murray didn't play horrible in the series, but he certainly didn't play great. And I think the fact that Jari played really well in game four has kind of solidified who's going to stay and who's going to go. So congratulations to the Seattle crack. And you officially are going to get Matt Murray. I mean, he's all yours if you if the taking's there. You might not even want him at this point. Kind of don't blame you, Jack Johnson. Oh my God. Um, I think I'd rather have this singer play hockey than the actual hockey player. What an absolutely horrible series. Um, he is the number one most wanted man in Pittsburgh. Every Twitter comment is asking for him to be castrated, decapitated, or some type of you know medical procedure removing some type of limb on his body. I think Justin. This is seen his last game in Pittsburgh. He played absolutely fucking horrible. Uh, him and Jack, you ready for this? Montreal, going into game four, had scored nine goals in the series. Jack Johnson and Justin Schultz were on the ice for seven. Seven of them. Seven. I don't do percentages that quick, but that's way above 50. That's way above 75. I mean, that's horrible. They were the worst two players on the team. They can't move the puck for shit. They look like they're in quicksand. I, I, I'm at a loss for words as to how bad they actually played. And by the way, they got more playing than Marcus Pedersen and John Marino. That pairing got more time than those two. On what planet? I can't believe I vouched for Mike Sullivan to win Coach of the Year. I mean, he literally, that was the dumbest decision you could have made, right? And all of a sudden, Torts looks like a genius. So he's, honestly, I probably should have picked him anyway. Zach Aston Reese is better with his jaw broken than he is healthy. Patrick Marlowe's an old bag of dirt that really just needs to fucking retire. He might be a legend in California, but he's not a legend here, so you can suck my dick. Um, it's just a – it was a brutal showing. Those four players in particular drive me nuts. I, I, I have said, Nick, from day one, I've said it so many times, Sam Lafferty is an everyday player. He belongs in, the, in any lineup, right? He's an NHL caliber player. We've sucked his dick since day one when Costa and Peter came on. And yet they still put in Aston Reese, and it just doesn't make sense. I would like to personally hire Tom Wilson as a glorified hitman and videotape him uppercutting Zor right in the fucking jaw and knocking him out. 
He's useless. Absolutely useless. Other than that, Malkin was nowhere to be found. I think he was on something. He mouth-breathing as always, so, you know, whatever. Um, and the ghost of Phil Kessel, right? Kessel's still playing. Kessel's still scoring. Kessel's still playing on the left side of the power play, and the Penguins are left useless with Jared McCann playing on the left side of the power play, and then they scratch him in game three because they're like, oh, he didn't do anything. No shit. You can't open him up when he's not right-handed. Just a pathetic effort all around from that team. Um Crosby was the only one who showed up. Canceled played okay. I don't really have a whole lot of thoughts. Kudos to Montreal, though. They really did play a good series. Jeff Petrie is all of a sudden Alex Ovechkin if Matt Murray's in that, so there's that. Um, Shea Weber's an absolute beast. I can't really – I mean, I never really got to see him play too much when he was in Nashville, but he deserved to lose. Yeah, it made me want to absolutely jump off a cliff. So that's really all I got. I don't want to bore people anymore. That's – I mean – that was the most incredible rant I've ever heard. Not only was that like the most intelligible th- like string of sentences I've ever heard you put together, but that was just so well thought out. I can tell you've been working on that for like the last couple of weeks or like the last couple of days. Um, first of all, I will say this. The whole Jeff Petrie versus Jack Johnson comparison, you know what that comes down to essentially is where those guys went to college. One went to the greatest college to ever exist on the planet and went to Michigan State, Jeff Petrie. The loser went to fucking U of M like an absolute bum, thought he had the world handed to him like a spoiled brat, and then decided to be a subpar defenseman throughout the you know his career in the NHL. Uh I was I completely agree with everything you said about not playing Lafferty and playing Aston Reese. I thought they were going for a sort of, you know, chippier vibe, which I think, you know, if you're Sullivan is what you would want against Montreal. But I think if you're Pittsburgh, you kind of have to go, we're much more skilled than this team. We have the balls to put them out there and just be better than this team flat out. And our, we're going to use our star power to get past them. So I think that's what they should have done, but... I mean, I completely agree with you. I mean, you said it. I mean, kudos to Montreal. They really battled the hell out of this um, Pittsburgh team. And I, I, we said from the beginning that they, uh, you know, uh, they had a chance. As soon as this was a shortened series, they absolutely did have a chance. Our dynasty's over, by the way. I'm it's done. I'm quoting you on that, and Dean is my witness. We heard you say Dad. that. So, um, You want to hear a stat, Nick? You yeah, I do. Stat? I do. I like numbers. Nine of the last ten playoff games have been L's by the Pittsburgh Penguins. I saw that. You know what happened? Evgeny Kuznetsov scored in game six of the 2018 Stanley Cup playoffs. Don't talk to Pittsburgh me like that. Penguins You're making me so hard like right now. like a fucking peewee team ever since. <laughs> They're horrible. They're bad. They're a bad team. They're a bad organization. We have no draft picks. It's completely shot. It's done. It's over. Can't really say anything else. I, it just—it's a pathetic showing and a poor effort on everybody in the organization's part. So, I think you guys have a lot of uh, questions to answer this off season. You nailed it in terms of what Matt Murray is going to have to do. But uh, um, no, it's it, I, there's definitely some questions there, which you know, for me personally is not only extremely refreshing to watch someone else go through that, but to watch your arch rival go through it. Yeah, you can flip me off all you want. It's fine. Um, no, I, I mean, 
it's nice because it proves that y'all are human instead of winning back-to-back cups and um you know being america's super team for the longest time so uh but definitely definitely some big uh questions to answer uh in the off season and i i think when i say this i speak for all fans of the metro division that we're just happy that you guys didn't get the first overall pick so i'm i'm very sorry for your loss but it was a rough weekend yeah anyways i hear you i hear you um we're gonna dive in yeah we're gonna dive into the uh stanley cup playoffs now the actual playoffs no longer the qualifiers the way we're gonna break this down is there are eight total series so we're not gonna go super in depth like we did on the qualifiers um we're kind of going to give you our first impressions of each series. And, and rather than, and Nick, please verify that I'm correct on this. Rather than dishing out our picks on this episode, we might just post them on Instagram tomorrow morning before the game start. In my opinion, that makes a lot more sense. Okay. All right. So we're not, again, we're not going to give any picks, but we might give our opinions and you can probably judge how we're going to go based on that. So uh, let's start in the West, shall we? So, the Las Vegas Golden Knights versus the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, The Knights looked absolutely unbeatable in the qualifiers, and they did go undefeated. They put up a lot of goals. Uh, The Blackhawks, coming off a set win over Edmonton in their own city, they looked really good. Uh, Kirby Dock and Dominic Kubelik are the two young guns coming up alongside the duo Kane and Taves, who have been there, done that. Duncan Keith looks like he's got fresh young legs. Nick, what do you think? I mean, we talked about this Chicago team at the beginning and how it was basically old versus new between them and Edmonton. And I think Chicago showed why and how their core pieces have done this three fucking times. So going and winning three cups in six years is nothing to laugh at. In fact, I think you look at any team over the last 20 years, and that's obviously the most success of any teams, you know, outside of Detroit winning it all. Um, multiple times in the late 90s. I don't know. I just think that Chicago having that standout performance really does solidify what they still have in the tank. And they obviously have younger guys, like you mentioned, Kuba League, obviously having that outstanding performance that just propelled them past that team. So, uh, I don't know. Can they do it again? Who knows? I'm going to go ahead and right now and say no and doubt them like I did the first time. I think Vegas walks this one. I think Chicago might get one or two done. Um, Dean, what do you think? Uh, to me, so far, it looks like you got to side with the veteran experience. So I'm siding with Chicago on this one. you got guys who have been there before. They've been played on the big stage. To them, this is nothing. And I think I think in this situation, you have to side with the experience. You've seen it so far in the playoffs. The experienced teams are doing better. They're better off for it. And I think that's what you got to go with. Interesting. I like that. Um, I, Vegas is stacked, though. I, they, they are very good. A um, couple of goaltending questions. Not sure who's going to start. It kind of seems like Laner might get the start. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I'm probably going to go Vegas on this one, but I got to judge as to you know how many games I'm going to give them. Um Moving on, we're going to go to the Colorado Avalanche versus the Arizona Coyotes. I don't really think there's much of a thought for this one. Colorado is arguably the best team in the entire tournament remaining, in my opinion. So I'm definitely going to side with the Abs, going to side with Nate Dogg. What are your guys' thoughts? It's almost like someone picked Colorado win the, to win the Cup in October. That's all I'm going to say here. So 
Uh, <laughs> you nailed it. You go with Nate Dog, Mac Daddy. Can't go wrong. So that's my thoughts. Dean? I've been against Phoenix all year, so I, they might shut me up again, but I, I don't see how you pick against Colorado. I think that offense is too good. Those guys on the top line are dominant. I don't see how Carol, or the Coyotes are going to be able to stop them. I mean, the Yotes look good against the Preds, especially Kessel and Hall. I thought that they made their presence feel felt not only on the score sheet, but uh, on the rink too. But that being said, I just don't know if they have the personnel to match up with the depth on Colorado between Rantanen, McKinnon, and Kadri and Burakowski looking really good. And then you get all the guys in the back end. Cal McCarr is just uh, virtually unstoppable. Watching him skate up the ice in the power play is truly a treat. So um, I think we're all probably going to side with Colorado on this one. However, I don't think it's going to be as easy as... I painted it out to be originally. I'm going to say it's probably going to be six games, but I'll think on it and we'll post it tomorrow. Uh, moving on to the next series, we got the Dallas Stars versus the Calgary Flames. This is kind of the one I really don't know how to feel out. What do you guys have as your first original thoughts? I'm complete, in complete agreement with you for this one. This is the like a tale of two franchises that are struggling right now. Dallas was not hot out of the gate. I don't think they looked particularly good towards the end of the season, like right when we hit that pause. And to be completely honest, I don't think Calgary has looked anything special over the last couple months that I've seen anyways. So it'll be interesting to see which one of these two makes it out of this. Um, I am honestly going to go ahead and pick the Dallas Stars to walk this one. I think Radulov, Ben, Sagan, Hints. Lindell, Haskin, and I don't know. I just something about them tells me that they're going to be able to walk this Calgary team, and I don't expect it to be close. I feel like this is one that could easily go seven, but uh, something about Dallas's experience, whether it's I don't know Ben Sagan, it's just it just tells me that they're going to win. So, Dean, what do you think? To me, this is the most boring matchup out of the whole playoffs. There's just nothing about these two teams that excites me. I don't think either of them are particularly fun to watch. I do agree with Nick. I think it's going to go deep. If you had to make me pick, I'd probably go Calgary in seven. I think it'll be a fight the whole way, but I do think Calgary is going to edge it out in the end. So given that I want went one in seven in the qualifiers, nice job, Harry. Stay hot. Um I'm probably going to say that I'm going to pick Calgary because my gut's telling me Dallas because it's like, <laughs> hey, they're kind of poised to make the run. They got the better goalie, but, like, you're a fucking idiot and your team's out, so why do you care? Just bet the underdog. So part of me is kind of leaning towards Calgary. I do think it's going to go deep. I like Dean's assessment. I'm probably going to end up going <sighs> I might go Calgary in seven. I'm going to think on it, but uh, that's kind of the way I'm leaning right now. This series, a lot of unders in this series. If any betters out there, yeah, I mean, I think I don't think it's a secret at this point that unders were king in the qualifier rounds. Um, but anytime you're playing Dallas, you're going to be looking at that five and a half over under. So keep an eye out on that. Um, next series in the West, last series in the West, the St. Louis Blues versus the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Nick, what are your thoughts? I actually think this is going to be one of the more exciting series to watch. I think you've got 
St. Louis, obviously, are defending Stanley Cup champions who um, it feels like they've been been defending champs for like three fucking years now. But um, I don't know. I mean, you, you have them. They obviously have all the pieces. They got it done last year, and they sort of surprised everyone in doing so. So in my opinion, there's no one out there who can say they can't do it again, if that makes sense. So... And then you have a really green team in terms of Vancouver. And no, I'm not describing the color of their uniform. I'm describing, you know, their playoff experience. I mean, we talked about how um, Pedersen, Horvat, Quinn Hughes, you know, those guys don't have a ton of uh, NHL playoff experience. So they've obviously been on big stages before. So it'll be interesting to see how they can carry that into that series. There's no question there that they're the underdogs, but... Um, I think this one's going to be entertaining. I don't think this one is going to go um, necessarily seven games, but I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So uh, I would expect St. Louis to win, but um, there's something about the Canucks that always excites me. So I'm looking forward to watching this one. Dean, what do you think? Yeah, it's interesting because you go off of like the qualifying round and then the teams who are playing in the round-robin tournaments, and I think there's something to the fact that the Canucks just played in elimination games for a whole series. To guys like the Blues just played in the uh, games that don't really mean much outside of seeding. So the Canucks are almost in like playoff mode already. So I think they're going to come out more ready than other people might think. I don't think the Blues are going to walk away with it at all. I think the Canucks can, could take them deep, but my pick would probably be Blues in six or seven. So I was big on Vancouver all season long, and then I had my doubts about them and talked myself out of picking them when they were playing. Uh, what uh, did they play? Uh, the Minnesota. I'm sorry. So Denny, 9500. This one's for you. I'm gonna rock the Canucks. I think the Canucks are gonna win this, and I'm not just saying that because of my Instagram haters. I'm saying that because I have a gut instinct, um, a much stronger one than I had when I was choosing. Um, the flames over the stars. I just have a weird feeling. St. Louis did not look good. Tarasenko hasn't really looked himself so far. They didn't win a game in the qualifiers. Granted, they do have Jordan Bennington, so you, whenever you have him playing, that's going to put odds in your favor. Canucks are definitely the underdogs, but I, I don't know. Something in my gut is just telling me Canucks in six, so that's probably what I'm going to roll with. Um, and then we're going to move on to... I'm sorry, Nick? Not bad at all. I don't mind that. And then we're going to move on to the Eastern Conference. So we will start with the city of brotherly love, the Philadelphia Flyers versus the Penguin Killers, the Montreal de Canadiens. Nick, so, I'll let you take it off. I don't think anyone else is going to disagree with this, but the Philadelphia Flyers are the most dangerous team in hockey right now. They are the hottest team. They have the absolute recipe for Cinderella story, playoff run, win the Stanley Cup, take your money, you know, fuck you, good night, goodbye, it's over. They have a hot goalie. I'm not saying that because of how he looks. I'll give him a little bit of credit for that. I mean, he's a handsome guy, but um, just in terms of his playing, (laughs) hot young goaltender, 21 years old. I mean, you thought Jordan Jordan Bennington didn't look nervous. This kid literally does not get nervous at all. I mean, he is so solid in the crease. It is incredible to watch. They have a puck-moving defense. You have guys like Matt Niskanen, Shane Gostisbehere, Justin Braun that can really move the puck that don't get talked about a lot. 
you have young guys like Philippe Myers that are just absolutely incredible in terms of like you know jumping into the Russian scoring. So I don't know that forward depth to me too. It, it's it's terrifying. I mean, you look at a guy like Kevin Hayes. You look at guys like Sean Couturier. They're really poised for a deep playoff run. So you know, if you're Philly, this is your easy series, I guess. I honestly. I'm very excited for the goaltending duel we're going to get here. I mean, Price versus Hart, it's sort of the old guard versus, you know, the up-and-comer. I think it's going to be one of the best of all time. But I really don't see Montreal hanging on here at all. I think Philly walks this one in five. I have to completely disagree. I don't see... Listen, there's no denying how good Philly is, how good their offense is. We know they can score. But seeing what the Canadian just did to Harry's Penguins... I don't see how, I don't see how Philly's gonna put goals in on him. Carey Price has—I've never seen a goalie look better in a game than Carey Price did against the whole series against Pittsburgh. So we'll see. I think I think Montreal's defense looks so solid. They didn't really let Pittsburgh get chances, uh, like prime goal goal scoring chances. I think their defense is solid. I think Carey Price is too good. I'm not gonna bet against him. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the uh, the Canes on this one. This is tough. It, it's it's like prisoner of the moment type shit, right? You could look at it like Dean, where you're like, "Yo, they just like it's like spanked the pens on their ass." Then you look at Philly, and they look really good in the qualifiers. I don't think it's a walk, like Nick said, but I don't think it's an upset, like Dean said. I would imagine that this will maybe go like six games, strictly because Shea Weber is. A beast. He's the best defenseman in the series, and all of a sudden, Jeff Petrie has a coming out party and looks like he can be a top, you know, four D man solidified in any lineup. Um, yes, Jet. What's his first name? Cock in Miami. Cock in Miami. Jesperi. 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 I hate that name, um, and I hate when John Foylesland says that name. He looked really good in our series. Uh, kind of came out of nowhere. Max Domi. You know, he didn't play bad. Could feel his impact on the game. You know, they're bit, Gallagher's always a pain in the ass. He's, it, the best the best matchup in this series, in my opinion, is going to be Gallagher versus Konechny, who's the bigger shit talker, who's going to get more scrums in front of the net, who's, who's, who's going to stir it up midget? more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> well, that too. So I'm going to have to go with the Flyers. They Everything Nick touched on, I really do believe. This is just too good of a story from the Oscar Lindblom comeback to the young hot goalie. You know, Claude Giroux getting disrespected out the ass for the last five seasons since he hasn't been able to really put it together. I think this is kind of Philly's time to really grab the bull by the horns and make a run. But I don't think it's going to be that easy. No, I I, I completely agree with you. This is definitely going to be one that you want to tune in for, too. I think this is, you know, along with what I said about St. Louis and Vancouver, this one's going to be fun. There's just something about this that screams drama. So I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, not to mention, unlike the Penguins, the Flyers have a goalie that won't let in shots above their shoulder from behind the net, so they'll probably be fine. Um, moving on to the next series, we got the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Columbus Blue Jackets, a rematch of the biggest upset in NHL history last season. This one is can't-miss television, especially with torts being involved. Nick, I got to hear your comments on this. I like I don't know if I'm going to watch another playoff series other than this one. It's this is going to be I'm so excited for this. I'm sure you can hear this in my voice. 
one, any Torts press conference is primetime TV worthy. I think they should be televised like the State of the Union addresses for our president. But, you know, whatever. People will disagree with me on that. Second of all, this Columbus team could do it again. I don't think they can sweep this Tampa team again, but I think they could beat them again too. And if they do, I'm going to lose my mind. I cannot wait for that to happen, and I honestly think it will. I think Columbus gets this in seven Call me crazy. I think it's going to happen shit. again. Dean, what do you oh got? I just I don't see it happening again. I don't see how they're going to go in and beat Tampa again the way they did last year. I think it was a fluke. I think Tampa's offense is too good this time around. I think Tampa I granted they're missing a couple guys. Stamkos is out. Hedman might be out, but I think they're going to have enough firepower to score enough goals to beat this Columbus team. And I, I think they do it handily. I think they take it in five. Shit. <laughs> um, Nick, how many beers have you had that you're picking the Jackets in seven? Not enough. Okay. Fair enough. I don't know, man. This is really hard. Um, Tampa did look good in the qualifiers, but, again, the Blue Jackets just pretty much – swung their sack at everyone's face in game five. Nobody really gave them a chance because everyone thought Toronto was going to ride the high right into the next series. But, oh, man, I don't know how to lean on this. This is this is really tough. The only thing I can envision is that I could see I could see Corpusalo just completely stealing the series out of nowhere, right? I can just totally envision that. And Stamkos not being there on the Tampa power play does have an impact. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, he's the most lethal threat on there, but Kucherov looked really good in the qualifiers. Um, is it bad that I'm going to probably end up siding with Columbus? I, I just feel it. I, I don't know. Wierenski, Jones, Torts, the shot blocking, Dubois is now an all-star, Cam Atkinson. I, it just, it all adds up. I, but Tampa's going to be pissed. Tampa's, this is the perfect segue for Tampa to make the big cup run that they've been hoping for is to get the hump that took it away from them last year. So I have a really hard time getting that through my head. No, I mean, you, I, I agree with everything you said, especially the point about Corpusalo. That guy could easily steal a series. I mean, he was so impressive in that series against the Leafs. I thought he was hands down the best player um, on either side. So, um, yeah, I mean, if this goes seven, like let's even say it goes six or seven, it's really hard for me to justify picking against the Jackets in a do-or-die game. So I don't know. You know, whatever happens, happens. But uh, I, I really do see the Jackets getting this one done again, and I think it's just going to be absolutely hilarious. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I really don't know what to expect. I feel like I might side with Columbus, but... But again, as I'm saying with most of my picks, I'll sleep on it. For the next series, I think it is only fitting if the two gentlemen across the screen take this one, as we have Frankie Borelli 2.0 and Dean, and you all know Nick, is a Washington Capitals fanatic. I'll let them duke it out on the other side of the screen, and I'll give you my thoughts after. Yeah, so uh, this one's kind of fun for us. We uh, we didn't find out that our teams were playing against each other until, like, what, like a, a day ago or something? Yeah. So, uh, and then we're going to have our game, our first games on Wednesday, and then we're going to have another one on Friday. So we're, uh, we're actually really looking forward to this. 
Um, obviously, this is not the first time in the last couple of years that these teams have gone up against each other in the playoffs. We had that awesome series in 2015 where uh, it went seven games. Uh, you know, it, it was a great series to watch. And, you know, this is this is going to be an interesting matchup. Obviously, you know, we all know the Caps love affair with Barry Trotz, got him in the Stanley Cup, and now he's on Long Island. So, um I don't know. This this uh, I, I will be the first one to tell you that this one could really go either way. It depends on which Caps team shows up, in my opinion. If the Caps team that looked great over spurts this season shows up with a healthy John Carlson and a healthy Lars Eller, who have both not played over the last couple games in the qualifiers, then I think the Caps get this one done. I think it'll take them a little bit longer than Caps fans would expect. I think Caps fans looking at the Islanders roster would probably expect this to be done in five or six. I don't think that's going to happen. I really do see this one going seven. The Islanders' defensive capabilities are so good in terms of their forward depth and their defense now getting Pellick back and having him being paired with Pollock. I don't know. I, this one has seven written all over it for me. Uh, and honestly, your winner is going to be a coin flip, in my opinion. Yeah, I pretty much agree with everything Nick just said. I think on paper, you would you would look at the rosters and you would say, oh, caps in five or six, easy, no problem. But the way this Islanders team has been playing lately defensively, they're on a whole nother level. I think they should have swept Florida in the first round. They look so good defensively. They're all buying into the trot system. I've never seen Matt Barzell backcheck harder than he has in this, this playoff season so far. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of hard-fought games. I think it'll be a low-scoring series. I think that for the Islanders to win, they need to win 2-1, 3-2. They're not going to win in a shootout. Um, and it's just going to come down to if they can shut down Ovi and that first line. I think they can. We'll see if they will. I think the trot system has gotten them playing very good hockey best as they have all year as i've seen obviously before the restart they were kind of slipping pretty hard but i think they're playing really well right now and if they can get some scoring from the top two lines Beauvilliers looked unbelievable since the season started again they get they need good play out of barzell which he normally does and then we'll see it'll be a hard fought i think isles in six or seven is my pick my my thing here is um you know Dean touched on Beauvillier and Barzal being great. Going back to Washington, Evgeny Kuznetsov needs to be so much better. I mean, we all know how good that guy was in the 2018 Cup run. He was arguably their best player, and had it not been for a guy named Alex Ovechkin, would have won the Smythe. He has been, in my opinion, the worst Caps player in probably the last couple months. I, I honestly I. I genuinely believe that right now he belongs on the fourth line, if you ask me. If it wasn't for, like, his down-the-middle, you know, passing instinct, I would take him and just plop him on the fourth line and move Nick Dowd up to the first line. So he needs to be so much better if this team wants a chance in hell at making it out of the series. So, uh, you know, I don't know if that's a wake-up call to him or the coaching staff. Someone's got to do something because right now it's not working. So this is a question for both of you, uh, Dean for the Isles and Nick for the Caps. Who would you say is an X factor for each of your designated teams that is going to be vital to you winning that is not the obvious, a.k.a. like saying a goalie or Ovi or something like that? 
I think I think you're going to get good deep play out of the Islanders. There's not really a question about that. They play solid. They play as a as a unit, a team. So to me, it comes down to Matt Martin, and if he can set the tone early, he creates a, an energy about the team that the team really feeds upon. So to me, he's the guy to look out for. If he could get the boys go going early on, I think I think the Islanders are in a good shape. I'm gonna have to go ahead and take his his counterpart on the other side i'm gonna go with tom wilson i mean harrison's favorite player in the nhl i mean we know he all loves him he has like four jerseys for him so um you know you know it's great i can tell he's smiling right now hearing me talk about this guy but and i'm not going to talk about tom wilson in the sense of his physical ability i'm going to talk about his offensive capabilities people don't realize how much this guy has contributed in terms of scoring in the playoffs so i really think his his contributions on the score sheet in the series would really outweigh his physical presence. And then, I mean, even going back to the Islanders, I think Varley could really steal this series if he wanted to. I mean, we've obviously talked about the, you know, the the boner that we all have for the Mitch Korn goalie tree there in, uh, you know, uh, Long Island. But, uh, you know, it's, it's really something that he could just, you know, grab control of if he wanted to. So I wouldn't sleep on Varley at all if I was a, a Caps fan. Who? This is the one I'm obviously going to be watching the most. I mean, obviously, our fan base, the two biggest areas that people reside in are, you know, Caps country and Islanders country. I don't think it's any secret. Um, just so convenient that they get to play each other, and I can actually just sit back and relax and have a shit-eating grin while you guys kick the shit out of each other. However, I, I think the Isles are going to take it. And I'm not saying that to be biased, so everyone shut up. Everyone shut up. I know you're all hitting pause or deleting the widget right now. No. But hear me out. Anthony Bavillier, gamer. Gamer. Absolute gamer. He does it against the Penguins every time he plays us. He looked really good in the Florida series. That, that trot system is such a broken record, but there's a reason it's a record. That's my famous saying that I just made here right now. Um, I, I think the Isles in seven. It's not wow. going to be easy. It's it's going to be a shit kicking, teeth grinding, like after the whistle scrum type series. I just absolutely have wet dreams about the day that Wilson and Matt Morton throw the gloves down. That will be can't miss television. But I got to go to the Isles. I, I just feel like they looked so good in the series against and. That system, I mean, the defensive play, they know how to do it. And if there's anyone who knows how to beat the Caps, it's the guy who led the Caps to the Cup, right? So nobody knows that personnel better than Trotz. So I'm going to take the Isles in seven. I think, that, I mean, that's the, your last point is a great one. It really does boost their chances in this series so much. I mean, who better to dismantle, you know, the team that he sort of put together than Barry Trotz? So, um you know, everyone, you know, like I said, Caps fans, casual Caps fans might take a look at that lineup and go, oh, this is easy. You go a little bit deeper. This is not easy. I, I remember um, Dean and I were, uh, you know, on the beach the other day, and I was saying if the Caps beat the Bruins, we're playing y'all. And if not, they're playing Carolina. And I, I looked him in the face and I said, either one is a death sentence, if you ask me. So um, this is tough. I genuinely have no idea which way this is going to go. So. It'll be interesting to watch and see, and, you know, I can't wait for my stress level to go through the fucking roof over the next week. I'm more excited for that than you are. <laughs> <laughs> Dick. Uh, 
Well, yeah. And our last series. So the Boston Bruins versus the Carolina Hurricanes. This is probably going to be the most divided series, I would say, given how fucking dominant Carolina looks and the track record of the Bruins. So curious what your guys' thoughts are. In my opinion, first of all, let's not forget that these guys have playoff history. They did play each other in, I believe it was 09 to go to the cup final. No. Yep. Um, no, 10. 10. You're right. Um, Scotty Walker. Um, yep. OT goal or something like that. Um, so a little bit of playoff history here. I don't know how many guys are still left on either sides, but this is a great matchup. You have a team that's super hot in Carolina and a team that's kind of been flatlining over the last couple days as, you know, in terms of Boston. So I don't know. This, this is so hard to call this, (laughs) this one. I really do see going seven and I'm going to have to go ahead and take Carolina. I don't know what it is about this team. I mean, we talked about their defense and how it's so stacked. I think there's just something about this Carolina team that we've seen over the last couple years. No matter who they're up against night in, night night out, they can beat anyone, and I think they're going to get it done in seven against what we regarded as the best team in the NHL all year. Uh, yeah, I still think you got to put a little more respect on Boston just because they're still up there as a top three or four teams in the league. I think in order for Carolina to win this series, Peter Morazic's going to have to steal a game or two, and I don't know if he can do it against this Boston offense. So I think I'm going to have to lean Boston just because of their firepower, and I think they take it in, in five. For what this is worth, uh... David Pasternak and Tuka Rask were unfit to participate in today's Monday Bruin practice. Not sure how you read that however you want, but I'm pretty sure Rask missed, missed some games because he was unfit to play. So, um, you know, not sure what that means, but something to keep an eye on. I love Carolina. I mean, I, I just I love the I way don't. they play. I can't believe I picked against them. Um, they look so good. I said it last episode, I'll say it again. A Rod Brindamore coach team is going to be the most conditioned team. And that top line, and Nick said it last episode, they went from being a top five top line in the NHL to arguably a top three, maybe top two. I mean, it, it is they are scary good. Sebastian Ajo had a coming out party. Sveshnikov had a coming out party. They don't even have arguably their best defenseman. If Mac was on this episode, he would scold me for saying that. They still didn't even have Dougie Hamilton, and they don't have Pesci. So, you know, they just look so good. They have the best defenseman in the series, in my opinion, in Jacob Slavin. I've seen it all now. I love Carolina on this. I'm going Carolina in five. I I think wow in five. Jesus, wow. Um, I think I think Slavin is better than any defenseman the Bruins can put out there, and I am a huge. Tory Krug guy, obviously, um, and Charlie McAvoy guy for sure. But no, I mean, I agree. I mean, we've you nailed it, and we've obviously harped on this um, this top line for a while now. If you people have slept on them for a while, and if you're not realizing how good these three players are, then you're an absolute moron. So I really do think that that top trio can outwork 
the Bruins top trio. And I think that's saying a lot because you look at like top lines in the NHL. I, I honestly would put both of those teams, their first line, I would put them top five. Yeah. And I mean, I'm kind of taking this whole unfit to play thing a little bit into consideration. When you have question marks like this, the day before a series starts, I don't like that. It just doesn't really sit well. It almost feels like Carolina is like a shark in the water. They sense the blood's there. They can see it, right? And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Boston bounced Carolina last year in the second round or the third round. Yep. It was the third round, right? Because they were the Cinderella team. This has, got, this has got a comeback story, a revenge story written all over it, and I can see it written there now. So I'm, I'm big on the Canes on this one. This is huge. I'm so that I think if I had to pick a series I'm most excited to watch, I would pick this one. I know I, I know yeah. I said I know I said that about Tampa and Columbus, but I, I'm going to have to change my opinion here and go Boston Carolina. <laughs> I mean, mine's going to be Caps Isles. I can't wait for that, but you know I'm biased. Um, anyways, well, that kind of wraps you, it up you, for us. If you can't play, it's fun to watch from the sidelines, isn't it? <laughs> anyways. <laughs> and I'll wrap up this episode. <laughs> Dean, thank you for joining us. We'd love to have you back on. Islanders Insider, as I'll call him. Yeah. Thank you both for having me on. Always been a, a big fan from the sidelines, so it's great to be on. Love what you guys are doing. And let's go Isles. Yeah. Uh, Nick, you got it. Oh, we got to give out our Stanley Cup picks. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's the last so thing. So I am going to... Stick with what I said in October. I think the Colorado Avalanche will make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, I think at the beginning of the year I said it was going to be Colorado-Boston in the Cup Final, and Colorado would win. I'm going to change that up, and I am going to go Colorado, and then get ready for this, call me crazy, Carolina. So I, I think it's going to be a natural disaster Stanley Cup final. You have the Avalanche versus the Hurricanes. So, <laughs> um, and I think the Avs get it done, and I win hopefully a lot of money. So I'm sticking with that one, and that's what I'm going with. Do you remember who I had? I can't rem- For some reason, I can't remember. You had Leafs someone else. I know that. Leafs? Well, you bet on the Leafs, No. But that was midway through the season. Oh, I meant okay. like at the start of the start. Okay. I can't remember if I chose Philly or not. Um, I can't remember who you had I, off the top of my head. I really can't. I, I feel like you. No, I feel like you might have said Caps Knights. I said Caps Knights. That's yeah, what and I you said. said Vegas got it done. Yeah, I did yeah. say. So I will stick with my pick because I still really like Vegas. I don't love that they're going up against the confident Blackhawks team. But I am going to stick with Vegas because I do believe they're the deepest team in the Western Conference. I'm not going to pick the Caps out of the East, although I'll probably end up, just because I said that you guys just won the Cup, so you're welcome. I won a lot of free merch, so I can sell it for a profit <laughs> instead of keep it. Um, I'm going to go Vegas and Philly. I think wow. Philly's got what it Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go Vegas and Philly, and I think Vegas wins it. I mean, I, I, I said it from the start of the year. I'm sticking with it now. Uh, that was a really popular pick, by the way, at the start of the year. there were yeah. All the analysts were picking Vegas and Caps. Yeah. That was a big thing. Uh, Dean, who do you got? Ooh, put me on the spot. Uh, I don't know. 
I still I still like out of the East the Isles. I think whoever wins that matchup is going to the Stanley Cup. So I don't know if that's a cop out, but whoever wins that, I'd like going to the Cup. And then from the West, I think Colorado's too good. I think their offense is too dominant. I think they're gonna make it. So and then from there, it's a toss up. So well said. Well, spoken like a true Long Islander. Anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dean, I love you, but I had to say it. Uh, um, and we'll get, we'll let you guys know what Max picks are on the uh, social media here later. So that'll pretty much do it for us. Um, we'll be back at you next week after we have all sorts of drama going on in the playoffs. Thanks for sticking with us. And without further ado, class dismissed.